Welcome to Whiskey and Lemon. I am your host, Lana Mercedes, and I am back to keep the discussion of seeing the best in people going, so let's jump right in. Last week, we touched on a multitude of reasons as to why we tend to judge or choose to only see the bad in others. One of those reasons was that the belief in our imagination has become too real. There are times where we are completely stumped by someone's behavior and can't even begin to try to understand the reasoning behind it. Other times we may have some sort of assumption and other times we are convinced we know the exact reason why someone is doing something. We think we have them all figured out and that we know them better than anyone else does or more than they even know themselves. When in reality, we are just using our imaginations. A few months back, I did an episode on theory of mind. I want to drop in some audio from that episode as we dive into how our imagination can help or harm us when quote-unquote assessing someone's behavior. Theory of mind is considered vital for regular human interaction in order to analyze and infer the behavior of others. Theory of mind is how we reason and rationalize others' points of view. Theory of mind can essentially sum up the theories and assessments that I mentioned at the start of this episode. It is the concept of theorizing a mind to help ourselves understand why someone might have the views or emotions that they have. We utilize this theory to make sense of why someone might have the ideas or even exhibit the behavior that they have. There are many things that can go into this. Upbringing, perception, information received versus information excluded, experiences, mood, and so forth. By using theory of mind, we develop empathy. We can use this concept to help us understand someone else, and we can have less judgment and see their side, sort of speak. We can often come across situations where we do not agree with someone else or the choices that they make, or even how they view things. But when we adequately use theory of mind, we can understand how they, based on their personal situation, can have that view. There is no right versus wrong, But simply, this is the result of that person's lived experience versus mine based on my lived experience. Theory of mind not only gives us a way to comprehend, but it gives us a way to give grace to those that are different from us, in whatever way that may be. As we grow older, the ability to grasp the concept of others behaving differently based off their own unique views and lives diminishes. It is important to understand why theory of mind even exists. Keeping that at the forefront will allow us to keep in mind that not everyone will have the same experiences, upbringing, education, or responses that we have, therefore altering the perspectives and feelings that we all have. In that same action of using theory of mind, we must also make sure that we are not projecting our own personal feelings on a situation or a person onto others to try and rationalize someone else's behavior. It very well could help us come to terms, but doesn't necessarily mean that what we theorize of that individual's mind is exactly the truth. Here are a couple of examples. A couple recently breaks up and the one who is broken up with uses theory of mind to rationalize that that partner just wasn't ready for a relationship. That could be a dangerous place to go. It could simply be your ego theorizing this story when really this might not have been a relationship that was meant to continue. So someone who hangs on to that theory could very easily keep on holding out for that person to become ready or ignore what went wrong in that relationship so that they could use these tools in their next relationship. Imagine someone emotionally abusing you. You could use theory of mind to try to rationalize their behavior 
they went through things as a child and they don't know how to properly communicate their frustrations. And that very well could be true, but it's also not an excuse for you to take abuse. And it also could not be the answer at all. We can find ourselves trying to theorize when really we are searching for an excuse to either make ourselves feel better or give someone else a pass. Theory of mind is still a theory. It could definitely help us to understand someone else's perspective, but without having a relationship to have that open dialogue, we are simply guessing. So if there's one thing that I could say about theory of mind, it would be the right way to use it versus the wrong way. The wrong way is using it to tell ourselves a story for our ego or for an excuse for hurtful behavior. The right way is to allow space for those different than us and also to give grace to those that have different experiences and realities. This allows for us to not just tell ourselves why something is necessarily done, but that the intention is not necessarily what we think it is. Theory of mind can also help us to process and predict someone's actions, especially in unsafe situations. A simple example would be if we always see the same car run a stop sign each morning, it would be wise of us to expect that as we were crossing the street. We would be using theory of mind to use what we have observed of this driver to predict what their behavior would be based on our experience. Someone else may not be on alert for that because that has not been their observed experience. Always keeping in mind that everyone, and I mean everyone, is different. Sure, some people may have similarities to you, comparable communication styles, fashion sense, into the same type of entertainment or hobbies, but it's fair to say that we may not know someone that likes everything exactly as we do. Can you think of one person that communicates exactly as you would? Has the exact same sense of style, loves the same music and movies as you, has the same feeling toward outdoor activities, likes all the same foods you do? and you've never ever been annoyed by them, I highly doubt it. Why? Because we are all different. We have different views. We have different personalities. Not only that, but we are constantly changing as people, and I am not who I was 10 years ago, and I'm sure that you aren't either. So think about all the people you once knew, and then you grew apart. Maybe some came back, or some new ones came into your life. I've known people that we just never actually connected beyond acquaintance level. Then years later, we became a lot closer. And that could simply be because in the beginning, we didn't align, and now we do. But like I said, people are different from one another and throughout life. Another thing to keep in mind when remembering that we are all so different is that each person has their own preferences and boundaries. So communicating those boundaries, but also having the sense of awareness to respect the boundaries of others is vital. If we are unable to do that, we are basically showing the person that we don't have the desire to understand them. I'll use an example. About a year ago, I had someone invite me to lunch with them and a few other people. I made it very clear that I was uncomfortable with that due to COVID. The individual was very adamant, saying that they really wanted me there and wanted to get to know me. I appreciated the sentiment, but ultimately, I felt as if the person really didn't want to get to know me. If so, they would have started off by heeding my concern when I said I wasn't comfortable attending. And again, everyone's different. I didn't feel I even needed to provide an explanation, yet I did anyway. In that moment, I didn't feel that this individual respected that I can have a different view on this matter. Not only that, but they did not respect my boundary and kept pushing and pushing for me to accept the invite. With everything else aside, at that point I had no desire to even engage with the person. It was clear to me that my feelings were irrelevant to them and that this invite was all about what they wanted. They wanted to get to know me, or at least wanted to pretend that they did. 
a few things that I've learned after my early 20s that I wish I had embraced more. So this part is really for everyone, but especially if you're a teenager in your early 20s. It's okay to order a salad, even if someone is saying it's boring and that you should also eat a burger or pizza like everyone else. If your soul wants a salad, order a damn salad. It's okay to skip out on drinking this weekend with your friends. If they have a problem with the choice that you're making for yourself and your health, that's a them problem. It's okay if you're tired and want to call it a night, even if some people don't want you to. You know yourself, and when it's time to get some rest, you gotta get some rest. It's okay to have limited social energy and sit out on more outings than you attend. Time is valuable, and you're allowed to choose how you spend your time, even if, and especially if, involves some much-needed alone time. It's okay to put work down. The American culture is all about working 24-7 and never sleeping. I don't agree. You can't pour from an empty glass. Let's stop pushing the narrative that if someone is relaxing on the sofa with ice cream, watching Netflix, that they are lazy or have no aspirations in life. Their aspirations in that moment are to chill with their favorite ice cream and not care about what you have to say about it. It's okay to want to connect with friends and family and not have the capacity to add more friends to the mix. Sometimes we just don't have the bandwidth. It may have nothing to do with the person, but some people just want to keep a small circle, and that's okay. And for those of you that may be pushy on some of the things I just covered, take a step back. Let people choose what they know is right for them without the added pressure of having to repeat themselves. When they voice a boundary or limitation they have, heed it. What I have noticed with a lot of judgment or lack of understanding for other people is that people can't sit in discomfort. So people might feel either uncomfortable with the choices you make or the boundaries you have because they don't understand them. Sometimes when people don't understand something, it makes them uncomfortable or so they feel the need to try and break the boundary just so that they can make sense of it. So they can feel some sort of way when their suggestion isn't taken or when their way of handling something isn't the same way someone else would handle it. Which is the other way in which someone can get uncomfortable? They feel judged, or more so tend to judge themselves because they might have wished they could have taken a stance on something the same way that you did. For example, someone may wish they had the strength to say no to a social event or to another drink. So then they judge you for it. I remember in college, I had a friend that called me a weirdo because I had never been intimate with someone. A weirdo. I was a weirdo because I made that decision for myself. It completely turned me off from that friend, and although I never said that to her, I remember I slowly distanced myself. Later that quarter, she told me that the reason she said that is because she wished she had waited to take that step. I never judged her for making different life choices. It was none of my business, but I did appreciate her being open and admitting why she judged me. In that moment, she was uncomfortable with the choice I made for myself, and for some more personal reasons, she had to dismiss me as just being a weirdo because she wished she had made the same choice. But hey, I was okay with being weird if that meant I got to keep moving through life based on how I wanted to and not because someone attempted to make me feel wrong for it. That could tie into that exact same reason of why we struggle to not see people for who they may or may not be, because the belief in our imagination has become too real. Lastly, I really wanted to expand on last week's episode regarding this point. I'll drop in the audio now. Number eight, it's easier for some of us. It's the path of least resistance for many. It may take a bit of work, especially in the beginning, 
So people choose to just opt for seeing the bad because it's a quicker method for them, but it provides no real solution. Not understanding someone is not an excuse to bypass their wishes or disrespect their boundaries. Yes, it may take less time for you to just do what you want and not consider how someone else may be affected. But in doing that, know that you are risking that relationship. Having relationships with people, no matter how minimal, requires our awareness and compassion for the fact that we are all different. So even if you're someone that needs more time to sit in the discomfort and truly understand how to make better moves to hold yourself accountable and respecting the wishes of those around you, just take a step back. But make sure you schedule that time in. It's beneficial for those around you and vital for you. Leaving you with my two quotes for this week. The first one is Albert Einstein. The person who follows the crowd will usually go no further than the crowd. The person who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever seen before. And a quote by HDT who said, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. I appreciate all of you listening and sharing this podcast. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.